0: From deep inside your audio device of choice. Ladies and gentlemen, the cute stories that often appear at the end of newscasts or in the old days at the bottom of pages in the Reader's Digest. Whew, where'd that come from? Um, Sometimes those cute stories are not worth the moments spent noticing them and trying to forget them, but sometimes they they teach a lesson. Case in point from a uh, online news source called Axius.com Quote I admit with deepest embarrassment that it was only after what regrettably happened that I learned of the monument's antiquity. Unquote an apology from a man who pro- professed his love for his girlfriend by carving their names into Rome's Colosseum wall, with a key. Now facing jail time, his excuse seems to be that he didn't realize the Colosseum was so old. Unquote. Yeah, it's just a goofy, cute little item about how good the education system is these days. Hello, welcome to the show.
1: Down so hard, sweat rolling off of this shovel, digging in the devil's bone. Y'all sure like a cool drink of water, soft rag to soothe my face. Sure like a woman I talk to in this place A hundred and ten, hundred and ten in the shade. Going way down, Mama, won't you carry me? It's so hot I can't stand it. My tree will open, blow away. Noonday sun make you crazy that's what the old men say bottom lying hard as a great stone couldn't cut it with an axe gonna lay me down right here and that's Going way down Mama won't
2: you carry me
1: Sometimes late in the evening Everything is quiet and still I sit here and think about leaving I guess I never will Heartache down in that city
0: Well, not here. From Santa Monica, I'm Harry Shearer, welcoming you to this edition of the show. And now, ladies and gentlemen. News of the Olympic movements, Produced by Jim Everson III. Dayline Tokyo, one of several Japanese officials charged in a widespread bribery scandal involving Tokyo Olympic organizers, was found guilty this week, but avoided jail time. The verdict in Tokyo District Court for Joji Matsui, the former head of Amuse Consulting Company. It's the first verdict for someone on the receiving end of the bribes from companies seeking sponsorships and license, licensing for the 2020 Games. Matsui so got two years in prison, suspended for four years. The presiding judge said the uh, fact showed Matsui had allowed his company bank account to be used to disguise the transfer of funds to Haruyuki Takahashi. He was an executive on the Japanese Olympic, Olympic and Paralympic Organizing Committee he wielded considerable influence on selecting sponsors. The judge said the bribes totaled about uh, 186,000 U.S. dollars, were significant, and, quote, the damage to public trust has been great. Matsui acknowledged guilt during the trial, but remained silent and nodded. The defense. ...argued Matsui was just following orders from Takahashi. When did that work? Oh, right, other part of the axis. Um, That and his expression of remorse were factors in the decision... ...to suspend his sentence, which kept him out of prison. Takahashi has been charged with receiving bribes... ...from... five different companies. Estimated at nearly... U.S. $1.4 million. The date for his trial has not yet been set. He's denied the charges. Previous verdicts in the sprawling Olympic bribery scandal, that, uh, that's the Associated Press's description, in which 15 people have been charged, have included suspended sentences. They included officials at of the company which made the Olympic mascots. And a clothing manufacturer tapped to dress the Japanese team. Another verdict is set for this coming week for the president of an advertising company also accused of bribing Takahashi. Corruption concerns have dogged the Olympics. Last month, French, French police searched the headquarters of the Paris Olympic Organizing Committee as part of an investigation into contracts linked to the Games, according to French prosecutors. Paris, as you know, set to host the Olympics next year. And speaking of which, a former senior official of the Tokyo Olympic Organizing Committee, who admitted to a bid-rigging charge, said such collusion was needed to make the Tokyo Games a success. Yasuo Mori, who served as Deputy Executive Director of the Organizing Committee, told Tokyo Court this week his motive was, quote, "...to run a successful and wonderful Games." Quote, I wonder whether the Olympics would have proceeded smoothly if I had not acted that way. He said, but I cannot justify what I did. I caused trouble. I regret what I did. Unquote. Yasuo Mori. He knows it's a movement. And we all need one. Every day! by the way the aforementioned mr morty was supposed to hold a competitive bidding process for contracts for planning test events these would be olympic events staged in test form in advance to uh, help in the planning of the actual event you know they weren't going to sell tickets or anything like that it hasn't gotten that bad yet ladies and gentlemen but uh, Morey indicated at the time, at the hearing that he had, he preferred to designate specific contractors. An accumulation of experience is required to respond to contingency, he said. No one believes that a first-timer can do that. Unquote. So Maury and others effectively determined the successful bidders before the bidding was conducted. His conclusion about that, quote, I did not think that what I was doing was completely legitimate. I arbitrarily made a rule and decided there would be no problem. Unquote. News of the Olympics, ladies and gentlemen. It's a copyrighted feature of this broadcast. And um, just one addendum. The prosecution alleged that uh, the gentleman in question was also rigging the bid for the test events so that the test events would be perfect and would enhance his reputation. Actually, it enhances his reputation as someone who violates one of the oldest rules in show business. Good dress rehearsal, bad show. And now... Ooh sounds like a crypto winter to me feels like one too the cryptoverse has seen what seems to be a lifetime of ups and downs already this year according to bloomberg yet activity in products linked to the industry have been nearly non-existent analysts say investors have abandoned the sector without plans to come back anytime soon Sounds like a long winter. Investors have fallen out of love with the once high-flying sector. Despite a more than 50% resurgence in prices this year for Bitcoin, prices overall in the crypto world are way below their peaks back in 2021. A large chunk of the investor base, yes, it comes in chunks, One that was excited during the pandemic years has turned out to be fleeting. Many scorched by last year's scams and company collapses are still nursing those wounds. No, crypto doesn't have the same mass appeal it did during 20 and 21. That's a quote from Roxana Islam, Associate Director of Research and Head of Sector and Industry Research at Veta Phi. Quote, investors who were previously burned by lower prices and market volatility may have already left the market late last year, and with Bitcoin's prices hovering under $30,000 for the past few months, there hasn't been enough excitement to attract new investors. Unquote. Crypto has been since last year's cave-in of a number of industry titans, including the FTX exchange, has been undergoing A drastic transformation. Regulators have cracked down, accusing popular platforms of running illegally. Prices are still in the gutter. In this environment, crypto trading volumes have also plunged, meaning that any price swings can look more pronounced. That's pronounced. That's pronounced pronounced. Thanks to that thin trading. Spot volumes in May saw the lowest monthly trading since March 2019. Quote, it's not like the end of the world and it's not happy season either. Unquote. CoinShare International's Chief Executive Officer, Jean-Marie Monietti. Quote, but it's just an environment where there are a lot of unknowns and a lot of people are trying to read what's happening in general from a market's perspective and what it means for their investments. Unquote. Monietti. Using a lot of words to say nothing aggressive tightening campaigns by the federal reserve and other global central banks have engendered an environment that's been less favorable for riskier assets like crypto bitcoin has not acted as some thought it would as an inflation hedge and has a choppy record of holding up well during times of market turbulence on top of that, the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission has severely cracked down on the industry and major exchanges. I wonder why they did that. Quote, There's simply less interest in crypto. Part of it is that it's fallen out of favor. Unquote. The words of an analyst, James Seyfert. Quote, He continues, quote, But also, crypto has a PR problem at this point. There's been a ton of old-school classic fraud in the space, alleged and proven. From a vibes perspective, it feels like crypto has lost its shine. AI has become the new big shiny thing, unquote. Speak for yourself, buddy. And Bitwage a cryptocurrency payroll company, (laughs) yes, it's true, has announced it will remove dollar-based payments for U.S. residents. In an email sent to U.S. customers, Bitwage explains removing the so-called stablecoin from its platform is related to, quote, a more strict regulatory climate, unquote, in the U.S. regarding crypto. Like, There's rules now. The email advises customers using a U.S. dollar coin, USDC, as a means of payment to remove it from Bitwage's platform. If not withdrawn by the 13th of this month, affected customers would have all their wallets and bank accounts reset on the platform, forcing them to set up their payment data again before collecting their next paycheck. This measure only affects US residents because we got rules other customers would be unaffected it further highlighted that US based customers will continue to receive payments using bitcoin and other stable coins without further details the uh, issue of stable coins these are to uh, reiterate the explanation are coins whose value is supposedly pegged to that of the U.S. dollar, and the advantages and risks involved in their utilization has been on the side of regulators since the collapse of U.S.T., that was the stable coin of the Terra ecosystem, which collapsed last year. A market research consultant stated the immediate effect of these regulatory changes in the U.S. Regarding stable coins, might cause people to consider other, non-stable coin options for receiving payments. Of course, they don't do that because non-stable coins fluctuate wildly in value. Binance has—it's another part of the crypto world—has been under strain for months amid an onslaught of regulatory investigations that have severed many of its key banking relationships around the world. This according to Fortune. They still publish Fortune. Now the giant cryptocurrency exchange is in full-on turmoil, that's Binance, after top executives resigned this week over the CEO's handling... His name is Chang Peng Zhao. Handling, I say, of the investigations. Fortune has learned that senior figures, including the general counsel, chief strategy officer, and senior vice president for compliance, told the CEO, Zhao, this week, they're leaving the company. That follows the recent exit of Matthew Price, a former IRS agent hired by Binance in 2021 to oversee global investigations and intelligence. The decision by the the executives to quit the company represents a management and strategic crisis for Binance. And it's a time when it's navigating immense regulatory pressure. That's the adjective of fortune. The situation is also likely to increase that pressure given that the departures are from legal and compliance units. That deal most directly with regulators. No comment from Binance. According to a person at Binance familiar with the situation, the executives who split chose to get out of there over Zhao, the CEO's response to an ongoing investigation by the Department of Justice. Several outlets, news outlets, have reported the investigation as been underway for more than a year. It relates to Binance's alleged attempts to bamboozle U.S. regulators, as well as alleged money laundering and sanctions violations on the company's platform. Binance is already the subject of serious regulatory lawsuits filed by the Securities and Exchange Commission and the Commodity Futures Trading Commission. Rumors have swirled that. A criminal complaint by the Justice Department against both the company and Zhao are imminent. The multiple investigations have given rise to rumors Zhao might step aside as a part of an effort of helping Binance weather the regulatory storm. So far, Zhao, described by Fortune as a nomadic technology genius, fluent in both Western and Asian culture, has given no indication... He's prepared to step aside. Binance is by far the biggest cryptocurrency exchange in the world. In recent months, its market share, like everything else in that world, has started to slide. Likely as a result of the regulatory pressure and on the decision by banks in the U.S., Europe, and elsewhere to cut off the company's access to those countries' currencies. And... Singapore-based cryptocurrency exchange Crypto.com You've seen its name on the arena of the Lakers and Clippers in Los Angeles, maybe. It announced that it intends to halt services for institutional traders here in the good old US of A. Exchange cited limited demand as the reason for suspending its institutional offering. This is from Bitcoin News. The announcement... Emphasized that crypto.com will uh, continue to service its retail clients completely unaffected by the transition crypto.com cited limited demand in the country's current market landscape whatever that is is the reason for the move the decision by crypto.com comes in the wake of recent lawsuits filed by the sec against coinbase and binance a spokesman from crypto.com spoke to ESPN and assured the uh, reporter I guess one of those that didn't fire yet that the uh, recent decision would not impact the naming rights for crypto.com arena in Los Angeles quote we remain fully confident in the continued success of our market differentiating capabilities and offerings and will continue to offer all other regulated services in the markets in which we operate, said Crypto.com to ESPN.
3: This is my swan song. It's a weary and wan song. It's the final cry of a dry imagination It's the terminal croak of a broken concentration It's the end of the line, my ultimate destination My been here and gone song My swan song This is my last song My flag at half-mast song It's the work of a brain With a circuit of blown-out fuses While I'm trying in vain To invoke my used-up muses Now it's all that remains Of my dried-up creative juices My call-forest lawn song My swan song pop them out like waffles the good ones and the awful a new one every day but now I find I'm uninspired, my wig's no longer wired, I've nothing left to say but I'll say it anyway so this is my new song my long overdue Song. It's the last flip-flop of a wobbling top that's spun down It's the weak-tweet-tweet tweet of a parakeet at sundown It's the last tick-tock of a clock that's finally run down My dreary and drawn song It's a weary and wan song My been here and gone song My
0: swan song. From Santa Monica, this is the Show and now Looks like
2: Musk love.
0: Good news, Twitter has resumed paying Google Cloud for its services. This, according to Bloomberg, patches up a relationship that became strained after Elon Musk acquired Twitter and stop paying Google and other companies. Twitter's chief executive officer, new one, the Yacarino helped get the relationship back on track, according to a person familiar with the situation. As part of the discussions, which have included talks between the uh, heads of the two companies, they're also negotiating a broader partnership that could include advertising and Google's use of Twitter's APR said the person who requested anonymity. Musk has been supportive of the new direction in the relationship. There are new issues currently between the two companies, said another person with knowledge of the matter. Spokespeople declined to comment. The uh, social media platform, since Musk took it over, has been pushing many of its vendors for discounts because he's not rich enough reducing spending on cloud computing emerged as a particular goal of Musk's, according to another person with knowledge of the matter. Twitter has paid Google Cloud about two to $300 million a year. People with knowledge of the matter estimated. The uh, social media company, Twitter, largely uses Google Cloud for data analysis and machine learning. You could get a GPT-4 for a lot less than that. Too late. Sounds like musk love. Now, news of our friend the atom. A UN watchdog has uh, barked n- approval at Japan's plan to release wastewater from the fuk nuclear plant. The International Atomic Energy Agency says it complies with international standards, whatever those are, and the release will have a negligible impact on the environment. The water to be released, as you probably know by now, contains a diluted amount of tritium, a radioactive isotope. It's actually an isotope of hydrogen, I believe. Check me on that. The uh, fuk facility is running out of storage space for the water, which got hot by cooling nuclear reactors. The plan has been opposed by China and South Korea. More about that. Tokyo has not announced a schedule for the release. The plan still needs approval from a regulator. But speaking of South Korea, it said this week, contrary to its earlier opposition to the plan, that um it meets global safety safety standards and respects the u.n nuclear watchdog's approval millions of tons of the water that's being stored at the crippled plant as you know will be released shortly south korea's assent for the plan comes after it conducted its own assessment and as the old northeast asian rivals japan and south korea have been taking steps to improve their ties jackets they'll look at later quote based on a review of the treatment plan contaminated water presented by japan we've confirmed concentration of radioactive material meets standards for ocean discharge that's uh, bang Moon kyu minister in the office for government policy coordination Uh, told a briefing in seoul quote therefore the plan meets international standards including those of the iaea unquote Bang said south korea's assessment by two of its nuclear watchdog agencies was based on independent reviews of japan's plan site visits by its experts and the u n report the uh, plan to discharge the treated water from fuk is expected to, quote, not have any meaningful impact on our ocean areas, according to Bang. South Korea has walked a fine line in its stance on the proposal, tries to prove improve ties with Tokyo, even though the plan stirred anger and concern among South Koreans. The opposition party leader in South Korea said the government should oppose the plan and take the case to the International Tribunal for the Law of the Sea. Japan's also expected to face sustained opposition to the plan from China. The IAEA chief told Reuters that one or two international experts who participated in its review may have had concerns. China's state-run Global Times newspaper said a Chinese expert in the group was disappointed with the, quote, hasty, unquote, report. Despite the assent for the plan by the IAEA, bang, said a South Korean ban on food and seafood products from the Fouk region would remain in place. Meanwhile, Adams at home. Some uh, Nuclear Regulatory Commission radioactive equipment disappeared in southern New Mexico last weekend. Authorities crossed the border in Juarez say the equipment is unlikely to cross into Mexico. He told um, ABC's local station in the area, KVIA, that this is not the first time his department has been alerted about something like this. The city's civil protection, the city of Juarez, that is, is working with the state and Mexican federal government as well as coordinating with U.S. authorities to find this item. Interesting way to describe it. The radioactive equipment, here we go, was described as a container with iridium-192, a substance used for medical treatments in the oil industry and as a jazz club in New York. Now that's a different iridium. Right now there's an alert issued for the Mexican states of Chihuahua and Sonora. Authorities say they do not know when the alert will be removed. According to Juarez Civil Protection, even though it's unlikely the item will be taken over to Mexico, they notify the world it can be fatal for anyone who has contact with it. Authorities on both sides of the border say they're aware of the risks of the item. That's why they're coordinating to locate it. Not just because it's lost, because it could be found. Too safe to meet her, our friend the atom.
2: Je vais tomber
0: gentlemen the apologies of the week we're so sorry Dateline Newport, Oregon Newport City Council declared June to be LGBTQ pride month in the city on June 5th after a city councilor read the declaration Mayor Dean Sawyer thanked her for taking the lead on it six days later Sawyer posted a meme mocking a trans dancer to a private face group, Facebook group exclusively for current and retired law enforcement officers. That post followed several others he made in, made in April and May. The anti-trans posts are among at least seven anti-LGBTQ misogynist vulgar and vi- violent memes he posted to the group in June. The group called LVO Only law enforcement only, has 39,000 members to join. A person must send moderators a photograph of their law enforcement identification next to an item showing the day's date, such as a newspaper. Oregon Public Broadcasting was able to independently review posts inside the group, including those made by Mayor Sawyer's account. Since 2016, he has posted racist memes mocking Mexicans and endorsing You know who? Hardline policies on immigration. One post in April made fun of trans swimmer Leah Thomas. Several mocked Bud Light. Sawyer was first elected mayor in 2018 after serving 30 years as a Newport police officer. Re-elected in 2020. Reached by phone for comment, they said Ellie only is a private group. Posts are not meant for the public. He told Oregon Public Broadcasting one of the reasons he loves Newport, Oregon, is the community's diversity and that his public actions and comments represent his true values, not what he says in private. They don't reflect who I am and what I do on a daily basis. They were stupid. They were juvenile, he says of his online comments. He says he's developed a sense of humor that some cops have, he says. that He got caught up in a website where crass comments are common. Quote, I apologize to the public for this. Unquote. In addition to making fun of trans athletes, Sawyer has targeted trans sex workers, Spanish speakers, and victims of sexual assault. He's also joked about committing violence against women. <laughs> yeah, I get it. Deadline London, an NHS, that's the National Health Service Trust, has apologized for giving substandard care to a hip hop performer, M. F. Doom. The care he received was not to the standard we would expect. The uh, NHS Trust says, the masked rapper MF Doom, born Daniel Dumil, died suddenly at the end of October 2020 while being treated at St. James Hospital in Leeds, England. After it was reported this week that Dumil's widow, Jasmine, had raised numerous concerns regarding his care in hospital, the Leeds Teaching Hospital's NHS Trust, which runs St. James, has issued an apology three years after the rap. Icon died at the age of 49. Quote, I would like to offer our sincere condolences to Daniel's family, friends, and fans at this difficult time," said Hamish McClure, chief medical officer of the trust. Said, according to the Guardian, quote, "I apologise. The care he received was not to the standard we would expect. Following his sad death, we undertook a serious incident investigation, and the report has been shared with his family." As a result, we've put in place a number of actions, and the wider learning from what happened is to be used as a teaching topic in a number of different clinical specialties. Unquote. That ap- apology came after an inquest into DeMille's death, during which the trust acknowledged there had been, quote, Missed opportunities. Unquote, in his course of treatment he was suffering from several conditions including kidney failure type 2 diabetes heart failure and hepatitis B but he died from angioedema a sudden swelling often caused by an allergic reaction and the assistant coroner Janine Wolstenholme, also apologized to the widow Jasmine for the length of time it took to complete the inquest. Nightline Weld County, Colorado. 10 months after surviving a collision with a freight train, Yurini Rios stood before a judge who took the unusual step to apologize for the incident. September 22, 2022, police pulled over Rios after a man claimed she pointed a gun at him during a road rage incident. After officers placed her in a police car, parked on train tracks, a freight train collided with the vehicle. Rios was still inside. She survived with substantial injuries, including a skull fracture. Prosecutors still charged her with a felony menacing for the gun allegation. Last week, she pleaded no contest to a lower misdemeanor crime. During the plea hearing, Judge Vincente Vigil apologized about the officer's behavior. That led to her injuries. Quote, it's clear to me that the system failed with respect to you, with respect to that. I hope things are going better for you now. He said, so I just wanted to express to you, I'm really, really sorry that happened. No one should be in that position. From my perspective, just incredibly reckless, negligent, stupid behavior, however you want to put it. Unquote. There go the judge. Deadline Washington, a member of the far right Proud Boys, was sentenced to 60 months in prison this week for pepper-spraying two Capitol Police officers and for breaching a police line that allowed other rioters to enter the Capitol building on, of course, January 6th. U.S. District Judge Dabney Friedrich, appoint, appointee of Donald Trump, emphasized that the actions of 37-year-old Barry Ramsey and his fellow Proud boys were consequential in turning the tide against police, trying to hold back the mob of people. Ramsey, oh sorry, Ramey, played a pivotal role in advancing the riot, the judge said in court. Ramey and many others he came with were prepared for violence that day. Photos show Ramey sprang two U- U.S. Capitol Police officers. One of them testified at the trial that the spray f- felt, quote, like my face was burning. It was on fire. Ramey apologized for his actions and to the officers he'd sprayed in a short testimony before the sentence happened, quote, I'm sorry for everything. I'm guilty of everything you have found me guilty for. I take full responsibility for my actions. I have no one else to blame but myself, unquote. The judge struggled to believe the sincerity of the apology considering he had not expressed remorse before his sentencing and numerous statements he'd made to right-wing commentators including one to a a podcast called Justice in Jeopardy. Quote, I know I have crosses to bear, and I'm not saying that I'm innocent, but I'm definitely not guilty of all that I'm charged with, Ramey said in the podcast interview. The UK-based BBC has apologized after its news anchor in an interview with former Prime Minister Naftali Bennett of Israel said that the Israeli defense forces are, quote, happy to kill children, unquote. News presenter Anjana Gajil made the comments during the discussion with former Prime Minister Bennett about Israel's operation in Jenin on the West Bank. Quote, the Israeli military are calling this a military operation, but we now know that young people are being killed, four of them under 18. Is that really what the military set out to do? The anchor asked. Quite the contrary, Bennett responded. All 11 people dead there are militants. The fact that there's young terrorists that decide to hold arms is their responsibility. Over the past year, we've had over 50 Israelis murdered, in many cases by terrorists, that were sent from Janine, armed, trained, and sent to murder Israelis. Janine has become an epicenter of terror, so unfortunately we had to enter this hornet's nest of terror and neutralize the terrorists. All the Palestinians that were killed are terrorists in this case, unquote. Former Prime Minister Bennett, in an unusual response, Gadgel replied, Terrorists, but children. Israeli forces are happy to kill children, unquote. If there's a 17-year-old Palestinian that's shooting at your family, Bennett asked, What is he? You UN has defined them as children, the anchor replied. The BBC issued the apology after it received comments and complaints about the interview including from Jewish groups While this was a legitimate subject to examine in the interview We apologize that the language used in this line of questioning was not phrased well and was inappropriate said the BBC statement from the office of the director general He's a director. He's a general He's a director general. City of Raleigh, North Carolina, apologized this week for its enforcement of and benefit from slavery, segregation, and, quote, urban renewal, unquote, programs that destroyed black communities in the city. I'm old enough to remember where they didn't put quotes around urban renewal. The Raleigh City Council issued the apology in a resolution that also authorized city staff to create and fund programs that promote equality. The unanimous vote came at the end of the meeting with two council members absent before city leaders take a six-week break for the summer. I think there's work to be done around it, said a council member. It's going to be a really heavy lift for the city and it's going to be a process that's going to take a while to get to addressing holistically the harms of slavery and racism and Jim Crow." Community members first raised the idea of a resolution and apology two years ago. Dateline Everett, Washington, as thousands of people gathered for the Thunder on the Bay event. Many left in disappointment. The actual fireworks show only lasted a few moments. Both the city of Everett and the vendor, Western Display Fireworks, said the reason for the short show was due to a program error on the primary computer. And on the backup computer as well. Simone Traver with the City of Everett sent this information about what happened. This is a vendor we've worked with before. They're incredibly apologetic about the situation. They're still investigating exactly what transpired. But they were able to determine that a completely unexpected and irreparable programming error occurred that impacted not only the primary computer, but also the backup. The error doesn't appear to be something that could have been caused or controlled by the pyrotechnician. Their staff and their office tried everything they could to address the error, but at 10:48, the vendor let us know the issue would not be fixable. The show was supposed to be 18 minutes long, and of the same magnitude as our past shows. Continues the statement, we're so appreciative of everyone that came out to the festival. As well as the volunteer led parade. We apologize for any inconvenience. A few moments, just 18 minutes short of 18 minutes. Dateline Waukesha, Wisconsin. Wisconsin State Senate uh, President Chris Kapenga has called on one of his colleagues, called her out, as a matter of fact, after she uttered an expletive or an expletive, as we say in the United States, on the floor of the Senate during debate over the state budget bill. He said, State Senator LaTanya Johnson of Milwaukee later issued an apology during debate on the Senate floor over a bill dealing with um, budget for the University of Wisconsin. Senator Johnson said, quote, F the suburbs because they don't know a goddamn thing about how life is in the city, unquote. The context was crime in the city and those who want to increase the number of police because of rising violence in the suburbs, according to uh, the AP, which reported that swearing by lawmakers during debate is not unprecedented, but it is unusual, unquote. The officers presiding over the hearing didn't respond immediately to the comment, the session continued. The comment engendered reactions from near and far. Senate President Kapenga, a Republican, said, um, I've spoken with the senator about the inappropriate action on the floor of the Senate. She recognizes it was wrong and has issued an apology to her colleagues. We now move on, unquote. Kupanga's office, when asked for a copy of the apology, sent a statement it attributed to... Senator Johnson, which said, quote, "...although I stand by the context of my speech, I could have used a different choice of words on the Senate floor. I apologize for using those specific words." And a conference for women historians has apologized and condemned, quote, "...the racist, homophobic, and Islamophobic comments made by a senior scholar in a speech last week that roiled the academics in attendance." leading many to walk out of the event in disgust. The Berkshire Conference of Women Historians denounced Dr. Lois Banner's very public racism on stage last week at the uh, 50th anniversary of Big Burks, a triennial gathering which Banner helped found. It apologized sincerely for the harm experienced by those in the room. Banner, who was named in the statement, doubled down after saying that she didn't feel as though her whiteness had benefited her in her career, a witness in the audience told the Daily Beast. As discomfort and revulsion swept through the room, Banner insisted that she was in her 80s and that her mind would not be changed. According to a professor at Florida State who says, which is interesting coming from a scholar who should be curious, if an audience of your peers is questioning what you've said and folks are rightly saying this is deeply harmful and problematic, then maybe it's something you should consider. Banner is a professor emerita of history at the University of Southern California, a <laughs> non-honorary title given to some retired scholars. In a statement to the Daily Beast, USC emphasized its commitment to diversity. Lois Banner, retired from the university about 10 years ago, USC noted, any comments she makes are her own and don't represent the views of the university, unquote. The Apologies of the Week, ladies and gentlemen, a copyrighted feature of this broadcast. And now, yeah! telling you about the bees. New research suggests that the use of an omega-3 rich oil called ahi flower oil can prevent damage to honeybee Mitochondria caused by neonicotinoid pesticides. This research is part of an ongoing project at the uh, Universite de Moncton in New Brunswick, Canada. As we know, the uh, bees are being threatened by pesticides, particularly ne- neonicotinoids. The insects are at the core of the ecosystem richness and balances. Any loss in insect biodiversity can lead to catastrophic outcome, says a PhD student who is leading the research to investigate the effects of an omega-3-rich oil on long-term exposure to a neonicotinoid neonicotinoid pesticide. Three groups of bees were fed sucrose syrup that contained either the pesticide alone, the ahi flower oil alone, uh, or both combined after 25 days of feeding on these diets The results confirmed the hypothesis about the hampering effect of imidacloprid on mitochondrial rep- mitochondrial respiration What was exciting and somehow surprising says the researcher is the immediate beneficial effect of aji flower oil on respiration mitochondrial respiration Honeybees fed with the pesticide and ahiflower flower oil simultaneously had some of their respiration rates recover to the same level as the controls. The applications for these findings include possible food supplements that could ultimately help to decrease honeybee mortalities caused by pesticides. And do the bees thank us? I don't think so. That's it for this edition of the show, ladies and gentlemen. Returning next week at the same time over these same radio stations, and on a time of your choice on your audio device of choice. And it would be just like knowing how old the Coliseum is when you visit it. If you'd agree to join with me then, would you already? Thank you very much. Uh Uh-huh. Tip of the show chapeau to the San Diego Desk, to Pam Halstead, and to Thomas Walsh at WWNO New Orleans help. I'm still on Twitter at the Harry Shearer, and it turns out the guy at the Roman Coliseum who didn't know how old it was, was British, so the slam on the education belongs to them. This show comes to you from Century of Progress Productions and originates through the facilities of WWNO New Orleans, flagship station of the Changes Easy Radio Network. So long from the home of the homeless.